Horns in Wyoming, 8,000 feet up, sleeping in a tin can. Really, that's what campers are. I mean, you're, you're, so you're sleeping in this tin can surrounded by metal, and we had fold-outs that have metal rods that go across the ceiling to hold the tent part of the camper up. And this horrific storm rolls in. I'm, I'd been asleep and was trying to sleep, but my wife said, I, I counted. It was a, a flash of lightning and one, two, three, four, and then kaboom. And then she said the next one was one, two, three, kaboom. And then the next one was one, two, kaboom. Well, it eventually came to Flash, boom, just like that. And I mean, it shook everything. And um, the next morning, Denny got up and said, Man, I thought, here I am, laying in bed with a metal rod over my head. So picture, you're in a tin can with metal things sticking out, 8,000 feet, surrounded by rock and trees, okay? Perfect scenario to be fried on the spot. And, and honestly, when, when you're in the midst of that, it does fill you with awe. I mean, it's like, whoa! You can't, you can't replicate this stuff in life, you know? Um, Fourth of July, my favorite fireworks are the ones that have the loud boom! You know, you, you know when they're coming, you see them go, and then, but that's nothing compared to to these lightning things and and it really did the the definition of awe is to be astonished fear mingled with admiration or reverence now when when you are in the midst of something like that it it does it's astonishing it's admiration for the power. It's understanding as well, the fear. And um, it is inspiring. It is all those things rolled into one. <clears throat> and, you know, many times we will throw around the word awesome and, and things. Um, a couple of our grandkids at the family reunion Awesome was the big word. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome, you know. And, and, and we understand what they're saying. But it's interesting to me, as you look in Scripture, in Psalm 4-4, he says, Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. In Psalm 33, he says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And then in Psalm 119, 161, Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart stands in awe of God and His Word. Turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 145. I believe Psalm 145 could be a portrait, a testimony of a man who stands in awe of God. 
And I want you to, <clears throat> to think of it in light of that as we read through this. I'll read the psalm, Psalm 145. You follow along in your Bible and, and think of it in relation to standing in awe of God. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth, he will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray today would be the beginning of a journey of us pursuing and growing to know the awe of you. Lord, that your greatness would truly inspire and astonish and motivate our lives, not Today, but Lord, until we see you again, and then for all eternity. So Lord, do the work that only you can do as we look to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. This aspect of the awe of God is something that that God has been directing my attention to, not that I even realized it. But as I look back and, and, and see the various ways that he's been directing it, and, and in part today, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. When you, 
when you seek to pursue and follow God's direction, I knew that um, we had several Sundays here that that were not going through a series per se and seeking God's mind and and what would you want us to do and and I was basically taking it one Sunday at a time. Okay, God, this is what I didn't I didn't have this planned out, but God does have it planned out. And and it really didn't it really didn't hit me until this morning as wrapping up some things. Um we have for several Sundays kind of been along the line of faith and last Sunday it was faith. The way you build your faith is to focus on God alone. And, and amazingly, how then God, God brought Brother Tillotson here last Sunday night, and, and his message was, trust God even when you can't trace him, and the faith that is there. And, and today, then, as we come to look at the awe of God, it's understanding, as I turn my focus to God, if we really focus on God, we will be filled with a sense of astonishment, a, a sense of uh, admiration, a sense of fear that he, a reverential fear, he has this power. And, and in every aspect of his character, we will see that. And the psalmist in Psalm 145, although we're not going to go through and, and deal with the, each verse, um, in fact, today, my goal today is, is to encourage you <clears throat> to begin to have a heart that pursues the awe of God. And it is very, very important that that we understand some of the workings of this. As I said, God's been directing me to this in many ways. And um, this last winter, I, I heard a, a gentleman speak, and um, he it was Dr. Anderson who had been president of Baptist Mid-Missions and pastors. He's been here for our sportsman's banquet Um and he he went on um, explaining what God was doing in his life, and he said one of the things that that has been instrumental in my life in in recent years is coming to understand the greatness of God and the awe of God. And he said just in passing, he said, "I'd recommend to any of you to get the book Awe by Paul David Tripp." And I wrote that down and. And it was several months later, I thought, yeah, that was a book he said to get. So I ordered it, and it sat around for a while. Marilyn quickly went through it. <clears throat> and um, several <clears throat> several weeks ago, I picked it up and I started reading it. And as I as I started reading it, it was convicting, it was encouraging, it was challenging, because it just brings us to Psalm 145. It brings us to understand, in a little greater sense, another tool that God uses, the awe of God. And in this book, he mentioned several things, and and I will be 
sharing some of these things today. But number one, God created you and I with an awe capacity. In other words, you know, we're created different than animals. We, we see the sunset and we go, wow, look at that. You see something miraculous. I mean, you, you go, wow, look at, you know, I have the privilege of having some cows. I've yet to see a cow go, wow, look at that sunset. And I know cows don't talk, but they're not, they're not standing looking at awe. I mean, you can shoot one in the head to butcher it, and the others, they don't go, whoa, I'm getting out of here. They, they come up and sniff it and, you know, they have no sense of awe. And our world today wants, wants us to believe that as human beings, we are just another species of the animal kingdom, and we are no different than the animals. No, God has put within you many, many things that differentiate us from animals, but one of the things is we have a capacity to stand in awe. I mean, to, to be astonished to be impressed to to say wow that is that is beyond comprehension and and to realize that and and to rest in that and and understand god has created an awe inspiring world gk <clears throat> chesterton said The world will never starve for want of wonders, but only for want of wonder. What he's saying is there are wonders everywhere in this world. We don't starve for lack of something to wonder at, something to stand in awe at. We, our problem is we don't take the time to wonder about it. You know, this is the human body. If if you just started to study the human body, you would stand in wonder and awe. It, it's amazing in in the medical circles, the the study of the brain. Uh, that whole field is just exploding, and the more they learn, the more it makes you stand in awe of of what God did in the human body. I mean, it's, it's incredible as much as we abuse it that it still keeps working. But I can remember from, <clears throat> from early on in every child, it, it, this still amazed me and simple minds by, are amazed by simple things. But you know, you take, you take a little baby and they're just so soft. They're just so tender. They're just so, I mean, there's nothing Nothing hard about them. And then all of a sudden, these teeth come in. And sure, I know the teething, the crying, the drooling. And to me, it's like, where did this hard enamel come from? I tell you, my mind thinks differently. But that's an amazing thing. Where, where did, I mean... That's just one thing. You could look at anything, the intricacies of the eyelashes or anything about the human body. That's just one aspect. Then you take flowers. Then you take the clouds. You take anything in creation and God, 
God said, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to awe them. And he did. He spoke. The Psalm 33 says that we said, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the earth stand in awe of him. Psalm 33 is talking about the creation. And God created an awe-inspiring world. I mean, everywhere you go, I don't care, you go to the desert and that's awe-inspiring. And you come to the Midwest and it's awe-inspiring. Wherever you go, there are things that ought to make us stand in awe and say, Wow, this truly is the work of someone far greater than us. But it's also because we are created with a capacity for awe. Where we look for awe will shape the direction of our life. What we look to, to wow us, so to speak, our, our awe factor <coughs> will shape the direction of our life. Um, this last week I, I pulled into my, the guy that does the work on my vehicles to talk to him, and in his in one of his bays was a perfectly restored 56 Chevy. I mean, the the paint was it was it was in pristine condition, and it it just it, it made you say, "Wow!" I mean, there was an awe factor there to to some of us. To some, it, they wouldn't even notice it. Okay. But every one of us have things in our life that we say ought to. And, and God has designed us to, to be that way, but it's also in, in understanding it's important for us that we understand that our awe needs to be placed in God. And see these gifts as gifts of God. I need to go on, but we'll get more on that in just a moment. Misplaced awe keeps us perennially dissatisfied. Um, I meant to bring it, but... Um, in human beings, if... They're athletes, they measure their vertical leap. They'll have these things and they jump up and whack it and it shows how high they can jump. And, and I read the other day, uh, a guy had a vertical football player had a vertical leap of 42 inches and they, they were wow. 42 inches. That means he can, he can get his feet 42 inches, 42 inches off the ground. I can barely get two anymore, okay? And then I read this last week that um, there was, I meant to bring it, but I forgot, some sort of flea. And if you want to know what it is, it can jump 350 times its height. So I... I I said, let's say this football player is six feet tall. 
He would be jumping not 42 inches, he would be jumping 25,200 inches vertical leap. That's awe-inspiring. An ant is, it can lift 50 times its own weight. I mean, think of that. These ants are walking around. They see us lifting. Man, look what he did. And the ant runs away and says, weakling. I mean, look at these things God did. But you know, all of these things, if I, if I put my, if I put my awe in how high I can jump, how fast I can run, how much money I can make, how many facts I can spew out, I will end up being perennially dissatisfied because it's never going to be enough. There's going to be someone that can come along and their vertical leap is 43 inches. Or you're going to go jump and it's not 42, it's 40 now. Man. Because everything wears out, deteriorates. But every created awe is meant to point you and me to the Creator. Every every awe is meant to point us to the Creator. Some of you ladies love working with the flowers and 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 the beauty that is there. And we come along and don't see all the work you put in, and we see the beauty. All of that is made those brilliant yellows that come out of where did that come from? The the bright bright reds of some of these flowers and. All of those things God created, and it's meant to point us to Him. We weren't wired just for awe. We were wired for awe of God. And it's a warfare that takes place in our life of what we will be awed by. Will we be awed by the beauty of a flower or the beauty of the mountains and fail to see the God of that? And it's important in this warfare that we understand that awesome stuff never satisfies. You know what? If this awesome car that I saw... It's not going to satisfy. It would be awesome for a while, but um, it's going to keep needing maintenance. It's going to keep needing taken care of. And ultimately, looking to stuff or people or anything to satisfy your personal built-in desire for awe is an act of spiritual futility. And we have many, many problems in our life today because we are spiritually blind to the awe of God. Symptoms of our spiritual blindness to the awe of God. And, and, and let me, in, in this book, he mentions these symptoms and, and I want to, I want to, 
at some of these. I'm going to quickly go through and list these symptoms, and then I'm going to come back and just um, maybe highlight a few of them. These are symptoms that we are blind of the awe of God, that we're not really seeing the greatness of God. We are self-centered. We have an entitlement spirit. We are discontent. And I'm just going to list the 12 that he lists, and then I want to come back and, and, and go through some of these, okay? <clears throat> we have relational dysfunction. In other words, we really struggle in our relationships. We desire control. We're controlled by fear. We have anger, envy. We can become very driven. We have to pursue. We have to pursue. We experience exhaustion and doubt. And spiritual coldness. Let me just go back and, and read some comments about this blindness to the awe of God. That it produces a self-centeredness. We see it in the crankiness of the baby, the rebellion of the little boy, the entitlement of the teenager, the demands of the young bride, And the grumbling of the old man. If you're not living in awe of God, you are left with no higher agenda than to live for yourself. And the reality is, when we live for ourselves, we end up with an entitlement sense. We end up with the reality that, you know what? The people in your life aren't in your life for the sole purpose of making you content and happy. If you haven't realized that by now, you will realize it soon, okay? The world around you wasn't designed to do your bidding. Life simply does not operate around our personal plan. And when we do not have our awe in God, it turns to an awe of self. We, we mentioned the aspect of control. If we don't, if we don't believe God is in control, we won't rest in the fact that God's will will be done. So we'll try to exert our will over people, places, and things. You will try to control what we have little power to control. And because of the lack of control, we'll we'll experience frustration and frustrated that we can't control, frustrated that others are controlling us, intimidated by that, and so on. The aspect of anger. The people who lost their awe of God and insert themselves in the middle of their little world, were mad that God hadn't come through for them. They were mad that life had been hard in various places. They were mad that people around them were less than perfect. 
They were mad that their bodies didn't always work the way they wanted them to work. And the world around them didn't function the way they wanted it to function. Their view of God's goodness was directly attached to their own experience of happiness. They didn't see God as the Lord of awesome glory. In fact, they saw God as to be their servant. He was to make their days better, their life better, and because they didn't see that, they then proceeded to become angry and eventually angry at God. We could go on and and list illustration after illustration, but C.S. Lewis said, Look for yourself, and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look for Christ, and you will find Him, and with Him everything else is thrown in. Let me just read that again. Look for yourself. And you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. But look to Christ, and you will find Him, and with Him everything else is thrown in. When's the last time that you really just were in awe of God? Our focus gets on so many other things. And God is the only one that is overwhelmingly and ultimately awe-inspiring. And he's given many, many things that are (coughs) awe-inspiring. We're coming into a wonderful season of the year. Every season's wonderful. It's just what you consider wonderful. But there'll be these mornings with the fog in the lowlands and, and the sun coming up and it's awe-inspiring. But this is God's doing. And to come and bring ourselves to, to know the awe of God. And you may be here today and say, you know what? I've lost the awe of God. And really, it's, it's very, very common. We, we sing, Oh Lord my God, Oh Lord my God, when I in, are we gonna sing all these verses? Or do you really, do you really mean it when you sing it? That God, His Son not sparing, sent Him to die, I scarce can take it in. Wow, this is, this is awe-inspiring that God would, would die, send His Son to die for me. When's the last time you've been, been taken back with the awe of God? Of what a great Savior. We sang, what a great Savior. Did we mean what we sang? <coughs> so what should we do about it? Number one, we should confess that I have a cold, fickle, and often selfish heart. God, often my heart is indifferent to who you are 
and it's filled with self. God, I confess that before you. And then ask God, plead for eyes to see and a heart to remember the greatness of God. God, help me to see, not that idiot that pulled out in front of me. Help me to see your goodness. Help me to see your greatness in in all these things as I live through this life. Help me to see how you've gifted this person and to value it and appreciate it. God, would you please open my eyes? Help me to see and Lord, help my heart to remember the greatness of who you are. God has done great things in your life that we've completely forgotten about. God, help me to see and to remember the greatness of you. I, My prayer is that today you would leave saying, I, I need to come to an awe of God. And that you would confess, God, my heart has grown cold and indifferent. This is, this is another way of saying returning to your first love. This is another way of saying loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I stand in awe of you. The songwriter said, you are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depth of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthroned above. And then he says, I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praises due. I stand in awe of you. My heart's desire is that that early mornings or late at night or midday, our hearts would just cry out, God, I stand, I stand in awe of you. When you see the, the beauty of a child's smile running into your arms and you say, God, what a great God. I stand in awe of you. When you see his mercy upon you new every day that we'd say, God, I stand in awe of you. When you sit down to eat roast beef and potatoes and carrots today for lunch or whatever you eat today for lunch that you say, man, God, I'm not eating manna every day, same meal, every day, every day. We say those Israelites griped and complained. We'd be griping and complaining after one day. If three three times that day you ate, this isn't what it was, I'm just making, you ate mushy oatmeal morning, noon, and night, your wife comes out, here's breakfast. Oh, that's pretty good. Here's lunch. Oh, we had that for breakfast. Eat it. Okay. <laughs> Supper. Same thing again. What's going on around here? Are we out of meat? Are we out of vegetables? We don't have any popcorn? What's going on around here? 
But do you stand in awe of God that he, man, God, look at this. You know, I, I believe I'm just, just beginning to come to see the awe of God. But it, it's a joy to, to walk out to do chores and see something and then just say, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Man, that, that's fellowship with God. And you know what? It changes life from a doldrum to something we gotta get through until we get to heaven. No, God intends us to have joy. He intends us to stand in awe and to thank Him for it. Honestly, that's what heaven's gonna be. Standing in awe of God. Get a, get a running start on it. And it, and it begins by coming to the point where you say, God, I confess, I've been weighed down with all these things. My heart is cold and selfish. And I ask you, open my eyes that I may see the works of you. And open my heart and mind that I may remember the mighty works of you. And that I would stand in awe of you. Heavenly Father, You know every detail about every one of us here today. And Lord, if we would take the time to look at you, to look around us, we would be brought to stand in awe of you. And so, Lord... I pray that if there are individuals here that have never come to realize the greatness of your love in sending your son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for our sin, I pray that today they would be drawn by your spirit to call upon you for forgiveness of sins. Then, Lord, I pray for every believer here today. Lord, forgive us for getting so wrapped up in our lives that we don't stand in awe of you. I pray that we would show forth the mighty works of you from one generation to another. I pray that we would make our boast in you. And Lord, I pray personally that you would help me to see the mighty works of you. And to remember the great things that you have done and really to live a life of awe of you. Lord, revive our hearts to that end. Expose our hearts to our own selfishness and the symptoms of not standing in awe of you. And may you be honored as we draw near to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with our heads bowed and eyes.